Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening in, wherever you're listening from. Shout out to my Spotify listenership, Apple and Google Podcasts, and YouTube if you're watching in. Thanks for giving me a reason to get dressed. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here. Be present and recognize that it's now, right now. Whether you're right now is working, flying, running, driving. Be thankful we're alive, baby. Failure can be frightening. However, as Winston Churchill reminds us, success is all about going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. This is I Will Not Lose podcast where we set out to prove everything is learned from failure and we must persevere and recognize it as one step closer to success. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Let's jump right in. So you can give it a shot. Yeah, but I want to look cool. I can hear oh, yeah. Just I want to look, look like I'm podcasting. Yeah, I, 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 I can hear everything perfectly. All right, we're good to go. What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good evening. Good night. We're back. We're here in the building at Exalt Jiu-Jitsu 360 Fitness over at 1450 Stefco Boulevard. We're live with Mr. Evan Robinson and Coach Joe Graciano. What's, what's up, up, gentlemen? What's up? what's up, Tone? Man, I had, uh, we've been trying to get this to go for a while. So I have had the pleasure to have Evan in my circle. I've got to know his story a little bit. This is one of the most inspiring people that you're ever going to meet. You know, we've had quite a caliber of guests on the show, but I think you're really going to want to sit in. We're going to get into the conversation. How did he get where he's at now? Multiple business owner, brown belt in jujitsu, training a whole flock of new school, um, Welcome, man. Yeah, Welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man. Oh man, it's been a long time uh, trying to get this trying to get this together but. since I started. Yeah, I had you written down when I first started as someone I wanted to interview. That was a year and some change ago. Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. So. I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. What we talk about? How we start this? <laughs> well, we'll just say how we know each other. So I had a, a client that actually referred me to a few of his friends. And through the relationship of business, we became almost brothers where they invited me into their circle to set goals, to be held accountable for things like that. Um, the podcast ended up becoming one of those goals about two years ago. And by the end of the year, I got the stuff together and started out on that journey. But if you just want to go shout out a couple of the guys and talk about the importance of just having a circle. Yeah, no, I think, uh, all right. So first I'm going to backtrack on something you said. Uh, he said he uh, became like a brother. He is a brother. Uh, <laughs> so we, we got a group of friends. Uh, the let's see, it's me, Jason, Fredo, Lawrence, Isaiah, Tone, uh, Joe, Haciel, uh, Haciel Renard. Uh, am I leaving somebody? Wag. Uh, man, am I leaving anybody out? Real estate, I'm trying to think. Real estate. No, I, I, I said Renard. Oh, okay then. Yep. So got everyone. So what we do is, uh, is I don't, I don't even know how we all be got together, but over over time, we through friends and other acquaintances, we all kind of came across each other's radar, and uh, we we get together and we we hold each other, we push each other to uh, to be better, and uh, I think everybody should have a group like that, and I'm I'm blessed to be a part of the uh, the group we have, um, but everybody needs that. It's like a it's like our, our version of our own barbershop movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we always go to the barbershop and uh, Lawrence, shout out the, the barber pill. Um, shout out Lawrence the barber. Uh, we, we go over there for normally Fridays or whenever we can and we all go out to eat and uh, and just talk about life, talk about things. We got to get Joe with us. 
Yeah, yeah. Joe Witherspoon is one of these. To bring <laughs> and then I'll introduce to his left, we have Mr. Joseph Graciano. Why don't you tell people a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I met, I met, you know, sorry about that. So I met Tone, obviously. I started coming to Ev's class just looking for something to do fitness-wise, and I didn't really realize, you know, what I was going to find here, right? Um, I, I had some shoulder surgery. I was laid up for a few months and felt like I wanted to start getting back into physical fitness. And I happened to live down the road. I saw Ev's gym, gave him a call. I said, hey, you know, good fitness opportunity. He said, yeah, if you want it to be that for you. The long and short is it's been a year, right? And I met two really inspirational people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to feel like I'm starting to be included in the circle uh, because to be honest, I think there's just a lot of value in having friends who push you, who don't, who don't accept that, you know, um, complacency in, in everyday life. And, you know, whether it's just joking around or working on the mats or whatever the case is, I mean, Ev is always just spitting inspirational stuff. I mean, you can't come here and not smile. You can have a bad day. (laughs) Ev's going to make you feel better. He's going to make you work hard. And, and same with you. I mean, I met you here. We trained together, seeing the growth here with you is one thing, but I check in on your podcast once in a while, man. And, and I heard your story about how you got started and it's just super cool to see. What is it a year now? Yeah. Have uh, you been doing this year was October last year. So maybe like a year and two months or some change. Yeah. So, know. yeah, I mean, that's, that's my story. I came here just trying to get some physical fitness and I found some people that I'll probably be friends with for the rest of my life. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's good. So in terms of keeping accountable, so what we'll do is we'll get together for dinner and we'll sit down three goals, uh, maybe a one month, a three month or a three month, a six month and a year long goal. Um, my one month goal was to abstain from alcohol. Um, I'm going on two years for that now. The boy. Second one, I can't remember. I think it was lose some weight. I think I lost like 60 pounds after I made the idea because I was 237. I'm like 190 now. So 50 some pounds or so. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was I didn't write it down till later in the year, but I wanted to have my voice get out there in some way, like start a YouTube channel or something. And then the the podcast became something. And these guys have done nothing but support. We've had Law on the show. He's actually been on the show twice. You know, got to get Fredo and Isaiah on there. Asiel as well. We'll, we'll uh, now that I could bring the show to them. Yeah. There's no excuse. I'll bring this to the barbershop. Oh, that would be, that would, that be, would dope. be dope. Yeah, I'll yeah, get a fourth mic and go from there. But, but I think, you know, I hate to interrupt him, but I think you hit on something really important there that you guys do. So, in my professional career, the company I work for is that they had something called a mentor program. And I signed up for it when I was young, probably uh, 23, 24 years old. I had just kind of gotten out of an operations environment into more of a business environment and customer service. And, you know, I thought it was going to be about the company and your daily you know, grind of work to, you know, what to do tomorrow, kind of day-to-day stuff. And that's not what it was at all. They paired me with a gentleman who had been around a long time and had a really successful career. Like a mentor? Yeah, exactly. Right. And him and I would go to lunch once a month and he'd, he'd give me kind of assignments and things like that. But the, it, the year-long program really culminated in one message that I took away and I still carry, and it's exactly what you said. It's at any point in life, if somebody asks you, what's your current short, mid and long-term goal? And it could be one month, three month, a year. It could be a year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. Um, But him 
putting that responsibility on me, I think is what really helped me grow as a person, uh, you know, whether it be in my career, at home as a husband, um, just a citizen of my community, um, you know, being mm-hmm. able to know at any time that you're driven for something is always going to make you more successful than, than complacency. Right. So I think it's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah. Super important, man. Thank you. Yeah, I no. appreciate that. So let me ask you this for a segue. What was your impression when you first met Evan? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's Evan's story, so I want him to talk a whole lot more than me. Uh, I just happen to be here today. Um, but no, I mean, my impression when I first met Evan was just kind of wow, right? And and not in the sense of like jujitsu and getting on the mat and being like, wow, this guy's awesome at this stuff. Um it was wow in terms of how open he is, um, how willing to share all of himself with anybody who's around he is, uh, because I think that lifts people up, you know. Um, so being around Evan and, you know, it, it wasn't more than an hour before he told me at least the base of his story. Um, and, I, you know, I think in life, some folks with a story like that might not be as willing to share it. And I think Evan yeah. shares it from a positive standpoint that says, Hey, look, you know, everyone can make a mistake in life. Everyone can do something that maybe they wish they did differently. Um, but how do you learn from that? How do you grow from that? And yeah. how do you build it into what Evan's built here, which is uh, more of a brotherhood in my opinion, than, than a, a school where uh, we train jujitsu. Like, like you know so <laughs> yeah. my first impression of Evan was just, was just, wow, that's, that's a person that I would like to have in my life because even on a bad day, I, you can't have a bad day. If you come hang out with Evan, I'll just be honest with you. You really can't. Sure. Mr. Live, laugh and love. So something like that. Love, laugh, live y'all. <laughs> Why don't we take it back to the beginning, man? So, uh, the beginning, the beginning, beginning. Now let's say, um, well, Tell your story for the people okay. don't know. You're... Okay. So uh, the way my story goes is um, like most people, uh, when I was younger and my teens coming out of my late teens, um, I wasn't sure who Evan Robinson was. Uh, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, I always say it the same way. Uh, Monday, I was Biggie Smalls. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday, I was Tupac. Wednesday, I was Evan Robinson. Uh, I was trying to find myself. And in the process of trying to find myself, uh, I was hanging with some good people and hanging with some bad people and making good decisions and making bad decisions. And uh, one day, uh, I, don't, I don't know whose crazy idea this was, but we uh, we started talking about robbing drug dealers. It's crazy, right? It's crazy to think that this conversation came up. And what's crazier is, we thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Seemed like it made a lot of sense at the time. <laughs> that seems fun. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, uh, late nights. Uh, I was working at a place called Sneaker Zone in, in downtown Easton in the, in the mid-90s. Um, helped build the place, too. But uh, working there, and uh, we'd always see the guys that always said they had all the money and pull up and buy every shoe on the rack, you know, those kind of guys and, uh, kind of put them on our radar and, and, uh, at night after work, we go into Robin hood mode and literally start robbing dealers. And then, uh, on, uh, one particular robbery, it kind of caught up to me and, uh, that's, that's faced with some hard choices. It was, uh, the law came coming down and it was, it was, 
kind of like telling the folks you're with or you're going to eat the brunt of the the case and stuck to my guns and uh, telling on nobody. And next thing you know, 20 years later. <laughs> oh, man. So they gave you 20 years for that. Yeah, they gave me my sentence. My original sentence was 240 to 480 months um, for robbery and conspiracy to robbery. And uh, I was blessed to go back to court. A lot of people in the in the community, especially of Easton, where I was living at at the time, came out in my support. Um, my my high school principal, my my boss at my job, like a lot of people. A lot of people couldn't. First off, they was like, "You got the wrong kid, not him." Yeah. <laughs> so when I when I had to tell them, yeah, I really did it. They was like, "Huh?" But uh, a lot of people came out of my support and uh, lawyers and whatnot. So they got me back in front of the judge. Uh, I came back down and the judge changed my sentence from 20 to 40 to 14 to 40. So that was a blessing. And I'll never forget uh, um, his name was Jack Pinella. I was uh, talking to Jack Pinella after he he resentenced me and he was like, Mr. Robinson, you know, he would say, you're a good kid. You're a good guy. You made some stupid decisions, but he said, I, I'm giving you an, another chance, kind of like with this resentencing, because he said you would rather and I'd rather you do 14 years than 20 years. You know, you know what I mean? And he said you still have a lot of life left, but, you know, you got to you got to man up and uh, I did wrong and I got to what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the consequences of my Face actions. The music. Face the music. So I was like, yes, sir. And uh, so I went away. Did your accountability come right away or did that take some time? No, no, that that came right away. Um, I'm I'm the child of a of 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 military people and school teachers. And you know what I mean? I've always grew up. There's always been a father figure. My mother and father always got along. Um, And even though they remarried, they it's like now I have two sets of parents. So I always had guidance every which way. And and I knew I was wrong. I mean, my mother always said from two wrongs, don't make it right. You know what I mean? But at that time, it sounded like, I don't know why it sounded like a good idea. Like we could go out and rob the neighborhood drug dealers. Who cares? No one's going to know about it. No, no, doesn't work that way. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's like a weird morality. It's like, uh, I mean, I guess if you're going to rob anybody, society would come down less on you it, like i'm just trying to think what was going through you guys head. No, it's, i mean I, my question is, is like do you think you said it sounded like a good idea but you said it in a really apprehensive way right and i think that's for obvious reasons you're looking back and realizing like there's no way that was a good idea right right exactly um but was it was it a good idea because it's just going along with what your friends were doing? Do you think that that's kind of what drove the decision-making process? Or was, was was it, hey, I wish I had the money those guys had? Was it some mixture of those things? It, it, it could have been. It, it, it could have been. Um, but I can't blame them because, like I said, I, I went along right with it. Like, it, it was, it literally sounded like, who be hurting? You know what I mean? All crimes yeah. have a victim. But in that, and at that time, it sounded like, well, this is definitely a victimless crime. Like, who, who am I hurting? If anything, they, they could go re-up or whatever the case may be. We're all doing wrong. So, um, But it wasn't really money in having. I, I grew up, I, I didn't grow up rich, but I, I grew up all right. I grew up, I wasn't poor. I, I, I was at 
two, I always say two separate sets of parents because my mother, my father, and their spouses were. So I, I was always good. I never, I never wanted anything. I uh, never needed anything. I probably wanted everything, but I never needed anything. Right. Um, it's just at that time, I, I just, it really sound, I don't know, like, I was, uh, I was living on my own. Um, everything was going well. It just, I don't know why that sounded like, yo, it's fast money. We could get it this way. No one's ever going to get hurt by it. I don't know what I was thinking. Aye, aye, aye. Don't know what, but, uh. But you had, so I know a bit of your story, you had trained jujitsu going up into that point. Right, a little bit, yes. Um, a good friend of mine back then, more of a brother, his name is Joe Van Brackle, introduced me to jujitsu in 95, uh, 1995, he had introduced me to jujitsu. And uh, I had just started training, there were two places in well, there was one place in Pennsylvania in particular. Uh, there was Maxercise up in Philadelphia. And then we would also travel down uh, Hensel Gracie, NYC. And uh, I had about, I had about, uh, hmm, I didn't have a lot of jujitsu under my belt at the time, but I had about six, seven months tops. But I had fallen in love with it because I wasn't a good fighter. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. I'm running around the streets with guys, the tough guys. I'm not the tough guy in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to be the tough guy in the group, but I was never the tough guy in the group. But uh, uh, it it showed me that even if I can't fight, and I still feel that way today sometimes, like I say, I can't fight, but jujitsu showed me I can defend myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of fell in love with jujitsu. I, I was, I was like, Oh man, I, I I'm not gonna get hurt. Okay, we swing on each other and all that stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but I felt like, wow, this really works. This I could defend myself. So I gravitated a lot towards jujitsu, and, and and I felt like after I caught the case and, and went and went away, probably all I thought about. Like anybody who was there with me can tell you, <laughs> all I did was talk about jujitsu. They was like jujitsu what? Uh, mm. He's talking about some kind of karate or something. You know what I mean? UFC was not as big in the nineties no. as no. as it is now. Nope. No, that it didn't blow up till about uh, two thousand something. Uh, when the Ultimate Fighter started showing on television, that's when people started saying, "Ah, oh, that's what he's always talking about." Yeah. So yeah, but I, I love it, man. I love it. I think jujitsu saved my life. Honestly, I can see that. So now, fast forward, you have a gym. You have, this is not your first business. You've been an entrepreneur since coming, coming home. home. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so uh, as my story goes, I, I got out in 2013, um, March 2013. Uh, and since then, I've been kind of on a one-way path to where I'm at now. Um, I, I wrote down in a book, you know, in jail, you get a lot of time to read. So I was I was reading all these books and, and all, all these people I looked up to all said the same thing. Um, if, if you can find, uh, what is that saying? If you find uh, something, if you find a hobby you like and can make it your career, then you, you, you've you made it. And uh, in jail, all I did was pretty much read, work out, and, and think about jujitsu. I would practice jujitsu too. I had some uh, cool experiences and and was able to roll around in laundry rooms and stuff. I had some cool guards I would let, <laughs> let, us, let us practice. So it, it, it was kind of cool. Um, but when I came home, um, I was just really focused. Like, I want to open a gym. I I wanna, I wanna 
be a part of jujitsu till I till I die? How do I get back to it? And uh, it started like a lot of people chasing the goal, odd jobs, working, working the worst jobs ever, just because I you know you needed a paycheck, you got to pay the bills. Um, right. And I, I just grinded and grinded and grinded, and and then I was blessed. I was blessed, like like Joe. I I uh, I met my wife, and my wife, like myself, I think she believes in everything that I believe in, just as fast as I believe in it. If that makes sense, like I I, I support. I can come up with yeah. an idea, and she doesn't shoot it down. She might analyze it better than I do, but she doesn't shoot it down. So um, she's always been a, a great partner in, what do you think about this? I, I could do this. And and she she normally says, you know what? Let's sit down, let's put it on paper. This is possible, let's go make it happen. So I think with, with my drive, always trying to push something and with her drive, always trying to push me to push something and and then I met brothers like you who always pushing me. <laughs> yeah, he, he talked. He talked about how he felt like the the guy in the group that can't do anything. Just so we know, like, I, and this is not calling anyone out, but Fredo's a world class jujitsu. He was doing cage fighting. Uh, Isaiah's a former Marine. Um, yep. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence is literally training for his fourth degree Taekwondo black belt <laughs> as we speak. And for people just listening in, we're currently in Evan's gym. The floor is still sweaty. We have to mop up after the podcast because people were going to war in here a second ago. So I, I understand the feeling of rolling around with the soft guys. <laughs> Evan of Brown Belt himself. But um, yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's just so much more fulfilling to accomplish things have goals and you don't even realize it but your people that don't push you you just stop seeing them yes you know the maybe a like or two here or there on facebook but you stop hearing from them you stop doing things and maybe that's for the better you know yeah it's a it's a there's a saying i i forget how it goes but it's, it's very true when you start to grow your circle grows smaller i i don't know why that is um I'm not saying I don't believe people hate like people always say people are hating on you. I don't know if they're hating on you. I don't really have time to think about that. But I, I just think maybe in their own way, they're happy to see you. You're succeeding and don't know how to say it or especially from our culture. You, you know how our culture is. If you if you congratulate somebody too much, you're you're you're. You can curse on the show. Oh, you can, you, you <laughs> yeah, you can curse on the show. You're dick riding. Dick riding or some some craziness. Like these people <laughs> just can't be happy for other people. And and so hopefully that changes in the culture. But yeah, we just just keep plugging along, man. Every day is it's about getting up, waking up, and pushing forward for the next goal, next achievement. Just something interesting you do every morning. You're on either singing some R and B or yeah. just telling everyone good morning from the car. Yeah, no, um, can I, say, can I yes. say something funny about that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, not to be too graphic, but every morning we all got to wake up and, and probably use the bathroom. Evan is the second face I see every morning. I wake up, I see my wife, go to the bathroom, open up my phone, and there's Evan every morning without fail telling me, Mr. What is it? Mr. Love, Laugh, Lift yeah. or whatever. Yep. Just tell me to have it. So even if I wake up, that's why I, that goes back to where I said you asked me what my impressions of Evan were. And just... 
I could wake up in a bad mood. I had a bad day at work. I got a bad day at work coming. Whatever it is, I know I got a deadline to meet or something like that. First face I see in the morning is my wife. Love my wife. Shout out to Jules if she ever sees this. Shout out, Jules. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> second face I see is usually Evan. He's always the first person on my Facebook feed. Every morning, you just you got the little graphics. You're smiling. There's a coffee emoji in there somewhere. I just, I love that about Ev. I really do. It's just, he's always so positive. And I, I just, you said something about as you grow, your circle grows smaller. I think it's, I think it's a positivity thing and having less time to waste time. Right. Yes. You know, so you know, when you're young, you got a lot of friends and what do you really do with them? Nothing. You know, and as you get older, you get, you get friends that you, yeah, you have fun with, but you also, you improve yourself right, when right. you're around mm-hmm. those people. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what you're talking about is as you grow, circle grows smaller, right? Cause right. less time to waste time. I got, I can't go do that with you today. Cause I have something to do for me. And it's not cause I think I'm better than anybody, but it's because I have my goals in life and I want to succeed. I want to mm-hmm. go and achieve that goal. And I think that's really what you're talking about. I don't want to speak for you, but no, I, Hey, Hey, I, li- I like how you summed it up, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's true. And, uh, and whoever's watching this, I do say good morning every day, just about. So if you don't see me in the morning, call the police because something, something <laughs> yeah. happened to me. But, uh, people always ask me why I'm that way. And, and, I, and I tell them, I, I said, uh, my honest answer is jail was my, my low point, um, little history. I'm the only member of my family uh, that's ever been to jail that I, that I know of. And really? I, I have a few exclusive people in my family. And it's, uh, I kind of feel like uh, now looking back on it, that I didn't really represent my name, my family name well um, by doing that. So I try not to do too many things that could fall back that they could say, uh, the Robinson, no, don't, 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 mm, don't put my dad, mom, or you know, what I mean? don't, don't, oh no. So, uh, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for everything. A lot of people, I don't think a lot of people are thankful for the gifts and blessings they have. And, and I, I just feel like if you wake up in the morning, if you're blessed to wake up in the morning, you're you you've been giving that chance to start anew, do whatever you want to do, chase it down, whatever, because you you got a brand new day at it, and. I forget what the number is, but like 12,000 people didn't wake up this morning. That's a crazy number. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just one. (laughs) You had a guest on, Wesley Morris. I have to introduce you to him. He's good people. Oh, oh, do you know Wesley? All right, cool. We had him on the show yesterday. I was recording with him. But he says, um, I said, you know, is there ever any failure? And he was like, I'd say suicide. That's the only failure because right. if I have breath in my lungs, I can come back. Yes. Like, yes. That's so true. That works out well, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that. I was talking to one of our, one of F students, Carlos. Um, he's younger, right? He's yeah. always asking lots of questions. And he's like, hey, what, what advice would you give somebody who's 23 years old? And it just organically came up today, but you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about failure. Um, you know, what I was talking to him about was like, just learn from everything, right? Learn, mm-hmm. learn from You guys are entrepreneurs, right? I'm not as much of an entrepreneur. I'm a career person. I work for a corporation, but I still have plenty of opportunities to learn. And, and I still look at it as my brand and my business within the entity that I work for. Right. I mean, we employ, I don't know, five or 30 some thousand people nationally or globally. I don't know. So I, I still have to have a brand there. I still have to grow myself there. Yeah. And what I was telling Carlos was, you know, I've been there for 18 years. Um, 
I've got, I've been fortunate enough to get some promotions in my life, but I've been told no way more than I've been told. Yes. And those weren't failures. Those are opportunities to grow. If somebody tells Mm -hmm. you no, the first question you should ask is why and ask that person why, if it, what, what happens if I come back in a year, what can I do differently then? Or what can I have brought to the table then where you won't tell me no next time? And if that person is honest and upfront with you and they give you a good answer, then go do those things. It's not failure. It's an opportunity for growth. And I think that's what your buddy Wesley's talking about. Everything's an yeah, opportunity man. to grow. Absolutely. Well said, man. Very well said. Mr. Joseph Graciano, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Get deep there for a second. But just my uh, my experience with coming, meeting the guys, one of the goals that Evan, at the same time I said I would start the podcast, this is why it's so great that it's coming together. He said he was going to start a gym. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to train jujitsu. I wrestled in high school and I feel there's a gap missing. As you, soon as you start a gym, I'll sign up and we'll be there. And, uh, you know, we made it happen, made it happen. So if you get a chance to come to Exalt Jiu-Jitsu, just sign up. This is everybody, ladies especially, um, any age. We have people that range the gamut, all ages and all ages and uh, 23 to 59. Yeah, 23. He knows the actual stats, but that's just crazy what you think about that for a second, what you built. Like everybody can come here. Right. It's not, you know. No, uh, ju- all right. So, jujitsu is for everybody. It, it is. That sounds like a crazy saying that jujitsu is for everybody. But um, I think I think the the beautiful thing about jujitsu is is it gives you, and I, it's not just jujitsu. It's, it's all martial arts. All martial arts kind of have this thing. Um, but confidence, when you start to develop a a skill that you know you can defend yourself or protect yourself and and then you you get like in jujitsu you get to put it to the test all the time because you're always rolling around with people and stuff but you get to see that it works it's something about when your confidence grows your spirit gets better you you feel more alive Mm -hmm. it's and i'm pretty sure that carries over to all all martial arts um but yeah no it's 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 a great tool for you learn a lot about yourself there, there are times when there's times where I totally want to give up rolling with somebody, especially when I'm at Henzo's, my main school. Shout out Henzo Gracie, PA, out in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. Um, it's there. You you really learn about a lot about yourself in, in martial arts, and uh, it, it makes you want to be better. You want to get better at jujitsu. It makes you start doing things. Next thing you know, you're stretching at two in the morning. You don't know why, because you want to be better at jujitsu. <laughs> you, know I mean? you do things you normally don't do. Like you see me jogging, I gotta get my wind up. You know, doing it for myself, but I'm probably doing it for jujitsu, then doing it for myself. But jujitsu just makes you. It makes you want to be better, and that's what I love. I love about it. Love about it. Yeah, I mean, all the guys that I know that train are. They're doing really well in their personal lives as well, too. You know what I mean? I don't I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there's somebody, you know, triple black belt homeless, maybe. But I don't (laughs) don't, don't know. (laughs) I'd probably be really surprised. Uh, Yeah, I would be. Oh, yeah, that that would catch me off guard. Huh? I just don't like to generalize. But no, I think it's I think definitely everybody should have martial arts, something like that. What could you I mean, I I wouldn't say everybody should go to prison, but I love your story because you made something of it. I know people that come home and feel like the system destroyed them or they they have to be the bad guy from now on. You know, well, I for myself and it's not to myself. Um. 
Believe it or not, uh, I was surrounded by a good group of guys in Somerset. I was in a SEI Somerset uh, right outside of uh, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, um, where the where the second plane went down during 9-11. One hit the Pentagon, one in New York, and one in Somerset. Um, what I realized while I was away was, first and foremost, like I said, uh, my I come from a great family. My mother was in law enforcement my entire life. There's always been like a sheriff's car or something on my driveway <laughs> my entire life. So I definitely knew right from wrong. Um, I grew up a military brat in that in regards to. So I definitely know the between right and wrong. Um, so I wasn't passing the blame. I, I've noticed inside a lot of people always pass the blame why they're there, what their mm-hmm. circumstances were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to do it because of this or that. And the honest answer that you didn't or you don't. Everything we do, we do because we decided to do it. I've, I've seen some cases. I have seen some cases, some people where, yes, conditions were horrible. And I, I don't knock. I, I know some people who sold drugs and that at that time, maybe it was the only thing they can see to do. I don't knock it. Their conditions are far worse than mine. But I say the same way I would tell I'm saying now I tell them. Once you started getting the money and once the conditions started getting better, why not put that towards something more? You know what I mean? Yeah, why yeah. stay, keep doing the same thing? Um, but uh, other, other than that, man, my I, I looked at prison as I'm here, my body's here, but my mind does not have to be. So uh, I... I, I Read a lot of books, took some college courses. It's a good thing having a, a family on my mother's side of the family. My, my mother has five sisters. All my aunts are school teachers, retired school teachers. If I need a book, you got all school teachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, can somebody send me? It's here the next day. So um, I got a chance to read a lot. And I was also. What did you read? Sorry to cut you oh, off. Oh, no. All, ki- like, all kinds of kinds of books. Uh, uh, Secrets and Traits of Powerful and Successful People. I think that's in my truck, actually, as we speak. You know, it's just all all kinds of books like that and, and autobiographies of people that um, I look up to. Um, Oprah Winfrey type, you know, people people yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I look up to and just see. I try and pick people who really started and came from nothing and turned themselves into something like Tyler Perry's of the world and stuff like that. And I, I said, wow. Yeah. If I can do it, if they, excuse me, if they can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? And then my buddy who I've mentioned earlier, uh, Joe Van Brackle, Joe um, sent me a letter early, early on. I've been looking for this letter, too. I know it's in my house somewhere. Um, but the thing that stood out to me is Joe was saying I, I used to tell Joe I wanted to be like him as far as in a lot of ways. But as far as like the martial arts side of things, because when Joe was when he was focused on something, that was it. And his whole focus for a long time was before he earned his black belt, it was workout, gym, jujitsu. Like there was nothing else in between. He was solely focused on mm-hmm. getting that done. And I used to admire that a lot because nothing would get in the way of training. It was crazy. So I used to tell him all the time while I was away. Uh, at this time, he was living in California after he left uh, Pennsylvania, uh, living in San Diego. But Joe wrote me a letter, and 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 then the end of the letter, what hit me he was like, "Ev, you've always had more skills, uh, natural skills than I have." 
he said, it sounds racist, but he's like, buddy, you're black. <laughs> he, was, he was always stronger. You could run faster. He, like you had all the abilities and all. Uh, yeah, he was he was gifted. And and man, you, you just had it like I had to work twice as hard to get what you could just do. He said, but you sold yourself short. You, you kind of lost track of the, the goal and started doing knucklehead stuff. And hanging out with this person and hanging out with that person and just doing stupid shit. That's what he would say. He said, you lost track of the goal. So he said, I believe you can do anything you want to do in life as long as you don't sell yourself short. And that has always stood out to me. That don't sell yourself short. I I tell it to people now all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's because I heard it from him. He, that always has, has... Mm. When he said it, it hurt. When he said it too, I was, oh, it's the truth. You know, they say the truth hurts. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got me thinking about my own life. I'm like, oh man, am I am I selling myself short? Well, I think I was gonna say. I think that goes full circle to what you guys are talking about with the brotherhood, right? And holding each other accountable and stuff. Because I found even in my own personal life, it's weird. The people around me, at least the ones that I've kept in my life for my whole life they're always willing to tell me that I can do more than I think I can do. And I I think it's just a natural human trait, like to just think that to see something and think, well, I couldn't do that. It's just, it's, it's almost easier to just believe I can't do that, you know, than it is to put in the effort to go and do it. And so, and you know, my life, I've been fortunate enough to have either a wife or a mom or a mentor at work or somebody who's always said, you can do more, but you just have to go and put that effort in. And I think that's the message that your buddy Joe was giving you. And it's just a lot easier to say, to tell yourself not to do it because then you've got to go and do the work, right? <laughs> yep, but yep, yep, yep. having that positive influence in your life, somebody who tells you you can do something, that might, I always talk to my wife about stuff. I always say the hardest step in anything you do is the first step. It's always mm-hmm, the hardest yeah. step. So if somebody just can give you that push, get oh, you yeah. to make that first step, all of a sudden you realize like the second, third, fourth, fifth, I'm on the way, you know? I just got to get in the car and start driving. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, no, true, true, yeah. true story. Now, when I started a year ago, go back and look, they're still up there. They'll be there forever. But there's like my first episode. I had a computer monitor. Oh, I'm knocking the mic now. I had a computer monitor stand that holds two screens and I had two mics garbage tied, not these nice mics, <laughs> but they were garbage tied. So it would go to the side and I could have like, I didn't even have any guests scheduled. I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I set up the two mics and everything. I didn't think I'd be coming on location three weeks ago. I didn't think I'd be able to do this, yeah, but right. You don't know. It's the other people that tell you, okay, I can see you doing this. That's why I keep doing it. I don't get hung up too much on numbers, but you go and you see the people that you influence and the people that are like, hey, I saw that clip, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, Shout out to my little cousin, Itana. She reached out to me after seeing some clips and just said, I love your podcast. It's really good. So, you know, shout out to everyone listening. The Spotify wrapped numbers are out, man. I'm going to get a big head now. <laughs> but you create something. Big shout out to Deb. Deb, Deb. always listens in and Deb. comments on stuff. <laughs> I had a, I had a, I got to get her on another episode. Yeah. Oh, you had her on? I had her on. Right. 
but uh, the cameras failed. Oh, so gotcha. I didn't want to. And she's like, you know, we didn't really talk about. We have conversations right. on the phone right. and through email <laughs> that are like super deep. And we started like talking about the cat. We got caught up. It was just having a friend over. So she's like, I think we could redo that. Really talk about education or some stuff like that. Right. Um, it comes a lot better from a doctor than a college dropout. So I like to have somebody right. qualified. Right for me to talk about education. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Just out of respect for it and right. things like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man. So what else you got going on today? Uh, today, let's see. Uh, the wife and I are probably hitting the movies and going out to eat. Then after that, it's just get ready for Sunday. Pretty much. What movie? Uh, Silent Night. Is it going to be Silent Night or Napoleon? So probably. I didn't know either of those movies are out. <laughs> is Silent Night like one of those violent Christmas it's, movies? It's a John Woo flick. Uh, where did you see the other two that came out? The there was one with like Kurt Russell. I, where he played. There was like one was called. Um, I think it was called Thanksgiving. There was one. One had uh, Mel Gibson, and one had the guy from Stranger Things. What's his name? David Harbor. No, but know. they both play some like crazy evil Santa. So if any listeners want to watch like a different <laughs> kind of Christmas movie, check one of those two out. Yeah, I don't know the names of the movies, but look up yeah. David Harbor Santa or Mel Gibson Santa. You'll find them. But Silent Night's like that. Yeah. So from what I've seen of the trailer, Silent Night is uh, Silent Night is a is a, is a guy. Uh, I'm trying to think where I know this guy from. I don't know his name, but the actor, he's played in a bunch of stuff. But it seems like he was out uh, with his son. His son gets hit by, uh, there's a car chase. The car hits his son or whatever. And he goes in a John Wick mode. Like, ah. like he's, everybody's going to get it. And uh, it, it's, it's bloody and action-packed. I was like, yeah, I need to see that. <laughs> That's a great name for a movie, Silent Night. So, That's great. So it was either that or Napoleon, but we'll probably see them both. Uh, AMC Pass, shout out. Go see all the movies you want. <laughs> oh, man. My wife wants to see Priscilla. What is That's that? That's still over. It's like the Presley or whatever. Oh, the, um, Elvis's wife. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's an autobiography. Like a or biopic what. or something. I'm not sure. She's super into history and stuff. Shout out to my wife. She won't watch John Wick with me, but I'll watch, you know, Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I appreciate the the theater and that stuff. We may go and check her out to see it. Uh, one of the things that's sticking with me, it always, when I have guests, things stick with me is part of the reason why I'm addicted to keep doing this. But they're talking about life at eight miles an hour. You just how you have to hit the brakes sometimes and how beautiful mm-hmm. life is at eight miles an hour. Right. It's another one from my boy Wesley yesterday. And okay. I'm thinking... I'm not good at hitting the brakes. No. I recorded yesterday. I'm recording today. I'm working tonight, editing tomorrow. I don't know how to do that just yet, but you have fun. I always see you out having fun, golfing, swinging the stuff. All right. So, but I think it's because I'm enjoying each, each moment, each moment of the day that I can, no matter what the moment is, because I was inside for so long. When, when you're when you're I don't want to call it a six by nine because it's a little bigger than that. Uh, let's see, I'm six one, so seven by twelve maybe. <laughs> when you're inside a cell for for decades, any 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 moment in time is it's like a great day. You know what I mean? Like if you can find something to do with your time, even if it's just by yourself chilling, you should see me at home when I'm by myself. 
my, I know my wife thinks I'm crazy. I sit up there in my some Spider Man onesies and bro, we see I'm a I'm like a big kid at heart. I'm sitting there watching Star Wars cartoons and I enjoy every moment. I am free. Life is good. Life is what you make it though. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotta be honest. I'm, uh, to your point, I'm terrible at that. Like, I, my wife gets on me all the time about it. She's like, Joe, why don't you just slow down and, like, enjoy something? I'm always on to the next, on to the next. What, what can I do next? And even if it's just at home, like, I'll sit on the couch to watch a movie. I see, like, dirty dishes in the sink. I'm going to get up and go wash the dishes. I, I, like, I can't, I just can't find that ability sometimes to sit back and relax and enjoy the present. And mm-hmm. when I can, when my wife convinces me to, it's it's uh, really rewarding. So I'm a, I'm a little jealous of your no, your onesies. Don't be jealous. Uh, I wish I I wish I could wear a onesie sometimes and just sit there and watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas gifts will get some onesies. Oh, onesies for everybody, right. man. No, but seriously, man. Look, I, I think I think that the, the system has shammed a lot of us, uh, and and this is no disrespect. I don't want nobody to take this the wrong way, but our parents told us our our grandparents told our parents we're, we're supposed to go out there and, and 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 tackle the workforce and go to school forever and do this and do that and do that and all these things and then hopefully at 65 you retire and you can start living your life in the golden years just unfortunately in today's world at 67 you die so I'm like, nah, that's not how it's going. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if you if you got time to do whatever's on your heart, what makes you happy, do more what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Because it's no, it's no telling if we get tomorrow. Matter of fact, we're, there's no telling. We're not promised tomorrow. We're mm-hmm. not. None of us. So so trying whatever, whatever it is that if you're going through anything, I, I always say, you know what? It, if you can't... Um, the best way to think about it is, is if whatever you're going through, if if it if it can't be resolved or whatever, let it go, let it let it go. Don't let nothing bring you down. Just let it go, especially if it's out of your control. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when we always fight over things that's not in our control. If it's not in your control, just completely let it go. But if it's something that's like, uh, let it go, let it go, and then enjoy what brings you joy. Like it. I always heard a good rule of thumb. I don't remember who said this. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll attribute it to Confucius for all I care. But it was, <laughs> it was. You look at it as how long will whatever's bothering you affect your life in a negative way? And so, like, if this is something like, oh man, I got in an argument with with my wife or my friend, maybe that's going to affect my life for like an hour or a day. Well, then I can be mad about that for like a minute. You know, right. It, maybe I got in a car accident. It's going to take me a couple of weeks to get my car back and get my finances right. Well, I can be mad about that for like an hour. And it's like, it's, it's all about relativity. Right. And I think that's to your point, if you can't control it and you know, you got to give yourself, you got to give yourself opportunities to feel things. Right. It's right. not great to just compartmentalize and, right. and, and not uh, go through that, you know, human process. But at the same time, like 
there's times at work where something that I, I'm going to get through it in like a couple of minutes, but I, I get so heated about it because I just I'd like, why is this happening to me right now? I got to take a step back. Like, man, this is in an hour. I'm going to forget that that ever happened. So why yeah. am I going to dedicate the next <laughs> exactly. 20 minutes being pissed about it? Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a good rule to like think about it. make it relative. Exactly. That's a good way to think about it. I'll, I will tell you one thing that I've done is like, <clears throat> I won't even, I won't even get upset about it. Like I, um, People know I freelance graphic design. My laptop is like, that's that's my baby. The Wi-Fi went off, so it's essentially a brick. And I can't open a support ticket and send it out. And instead of freaking out or thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to pay rent, I just said, the biggest problem that I have in my life right now, the, honestly, the worst shit that's going on right now <laughs> is that my Wi-Fi is broke. This is good. This exactly. is a good life. Exactly. I'm cool there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it helps with that perspective. But I think the, and I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I tell my listeners every time, be thankful that it's now. Take a moment to recognize that it's now, right now. Like you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here, you're listening and this is kind of my moment when I'm doing this. You know, we're going to start landing the plane here in a second. But, Joe, did you you know we've been recording almost an hour? No, not at all. It's, <laughs> but it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun, to be honest, just to sit here and talk with two people. I mean, you guys posted on Facebook the other day and I, I, I was probably doing my morning routine that I referred to earlier in the show. And I just said, good morning, positive people, because I see you guys. And it's just maybe yeah, yeah. I wasn't having yeah, no, a great yeah. day when I woke up. Right. But just seeing that, it's like, you know, wait, I'm awake. I'm alive. If the worst thing in my life is, you know, like, damn, I don't got eggs and I got to go buy a breakfast sandwich, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. you know, whatever. Right. These guys are, these guys are living out their dreams. How am I going to look at them and just, you know, be miserable today for just no reason other than I don't want to go to work. Like, come on, man, get over it. So yeah, no, didn't realize it was an hour. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. No, no. You got any closing thoughts, Ev? Tell people how to find you. Tell them uh, what you're supporting, what your goals are. Okay. Um, so if you're interested in uh, working out, uh, we do one-on-one uh, -on -one personal training here. Um, we have two businesses under one roof right now. We have 360 Fitness and Exalt Jiu-Jitsu. Um, on the Jiu-Jitsu side of things, I, I focus 100% on the self-defense aspects of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I feel a lot of people have... A lot of schools have kind of forgotten that. And when I look at self-defense, for me, it's self-defense. My, my always goal is to make it out the parking lot safely. So that's what I, we concentrate on here. And like I said, if, if you want to come in and uh, work out, burn some calories, build some muscle, laugh while you're doing it, <laughs> laugh, talk, cry. While, we've had teary moments in here. Whatever you like to do, we, uh, we do that too here at uh, 360e Fitness and Exalt Jiu-Jitsu. Joe, take it away. I, only takeaway I got is come see Evan. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna make your day better, no matter what kind of day you're having. Thank you, thank you. All right, thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Will Not Lose podcast. To support the show, visit IWillNotLosePodcast.com. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast player, share the episode link, leave a comment. Your contribution is greatly appreciated. And if you're listening in and can't see the QR code for donation, go to tothedesigner.com slash links, and there's instructions to donate up there. Thanks so much.